all sorts of ideas in our head about timing, about not only what's supposed to happen, but when. When things are supposed to happen and in what order. We can construct so many beliefs about the way our lives are meant to unfold, about the way circumstance is meant to unroll and unfurl and display itself in front of us, that oftentimes it can really be useful to look at these beliefs, to look at these ideas through a more of a critical lens. Really ask ourselves, how much do we actually know? And how much do we merely assume? How much do we think things are going to happen in a certain way, in a certain order, in a certain timing? Because perhaps that's the way they've happened before. Perhaps that's the way we've been told things happen. Or maybe it's just the way we want things to happen. Our minds, our incredible, powerful minds, do love order, do love predictability, do love to know ahead of time. But with so many things, knowing can only happen when things are happening. Sometimes knowing can only happen afterwards, in hindsight. But nevertheless, we can gather so many ideas about what's supposed to happen, what we're supposed to be doing, what's not supposed to happen, what we're not supposed to be doing. And we can actually end up leading ourselves a bit astray. At the very least, we can make our lives quite a bit harder because we're not actually cooperating with life. We're not actually moving with the flow of life. We're moving based on our own agenda, on our own expectations. And we can run into a bit of trouble when this agenda, when these expectations actually get removed from reality, when we stop paying attention, when we stop noticing how things actually are, and just continue along with this rigid set of beliefs and expectations that over time may actually bear very little resemblance with reality. Like a lot of things in life, moving forward in a quote-unquote ideal way isn't any one thing. It's another seeming future of the human mind is that we want easy answers. We want simple explanations. We want to be able to boil down reality to just one thing. When reality doesn't actually work that way, reality at any time is a combination of things. Even the simplest circumstances in our life are a symphony, a combination, an aggregate of many, many other circumstances. Everything we see, although it appears individual, is actually a combination, is actually a result of some interaction with a broader and greater system. This is what leads us down the spiritual path to begin with. It's because at some point, we begin to question whether this physical reality is really all there is, whether the circumstance or situation, or relationship, or object, is really all that there is? Is there actually something more? Is there actually a system that's at play? Is there a coordination happening between what happens to me and what doesn't? Is there an overall framework, an overall matrix, an overall function that's creating and perpetuating 
and displaying my current reality. But when it comes down to the element of choice, when it comes down to choosing what we do and what we don't do, this could be far more nuanced, far more detailed than we initially give it credit for. For example, we may think that we want to get a handful of things done. And the ideal order of getting those things done has to make some sort of logical sense, has to really pencil out of where it makes sense to go from A to B to C to D. But what if that isn't actually true? What if that's just an idea that makes our order-seeking logical minds happy, but isn't actually the best way to do things? Isn't actually the most efficient way to do things? Isn't actually the most logical way to do things when we apply that logic in hindsight? This is where in our lives we can get stuck in ruts because we keep doing the same things over and over and over again, but we never question or rarely question not only why we're doing what we're doing, but how we're doing what we're doing and in what sequence, in what priority are we doing what we're doing. Now, if we start to break down everything we do in our lives and say everything is equal, well, then there's no order at all. Then we reduce ourselves just to random chaos. And that's not really particularly helpful. But what if there's something else we can look at? Something we weren't including in our logical analysis? What if that thing is energy? What if that thing that we're looking for actually exists outside of our minds? What if we're formulating all of these plans, all of these ideas, all of these sequences, all of this order, but we're only including what's currently in our minds and we're not including anything outside of our minds? Well, at face value, that in and of itself seems pretty likely to create a loop that if we're not really taking in any new information, they're going to be prone to repetition, to routine, to stagnation, to sometimes the complete mundanity of experiencing the same unsatisfactory, unsatisfying, ineffective outcomes and experiences over and over and over again. But if we can start to key into energy, then all sorts of new possibilities open up. This adds an entirely new dimension to not only our decision-making, but our experience walking through life as a whole. In our example of we need to get four things done, and we're thinking we have to do A before B before C before D, what if instead of just looking at it from a purely logical order perspective, what if we look at the sequence of tasks through the lens of energy? Of these four choices, which one feels like it has the most energy? Which one feels like it's calling us? Which one feels like it's waiting for us? Of these A and B and C and D, what do they feel like? And then we can ask ourselves the question, have we ever really felt the things that we do before we do them? How long have we been locked in ideas that may not really be serving us about what we should be doing, 
what order we should be doing them in, and even why we're doing them in the first place. We create a lot of confusion in our life when we disconnect from our feeling, when we make things overly logical, overly thinking-based. That life in any experience is a combination of thinking and feeling. If we remove one of these, we live an imbalanced life. Because if we remove the thinking from our life and purely move through life from a feeling perspective, well, that will cause just as many problems, if not more, than moving through life from purely a thinking perspective with little, if any, feeling. And so like a lot of things, what we seek is balance. What we seek is awareness. What we seek is wholeness. To live a whole life, we have to integrate our thinking and our feeling. We need to combine them. We need to let them feed off of each other. We need to look at thinking and feeling as peers, not as master and subordinate. Because when we make either our thinking or our feeling the master of the other, that will be our master as well. We will be enthralled, we will be enslaved to serve this master that we've erected. But instead, if we can keep these two things as peers, if we can maintain that equality, we can not only escape that potential servitude, but we can live wholly. We can live fully because our thinking and our feeling are equal. Neither one is greater than the other. And when we hold them equally, they synergize. They make our lives so much more, so much richer, so much deeper, just so much more. And when we find ourselves stuck in a rut, when we find ourselves stuck in a routine, it's usually because we aren't asking ourselves, what does this really feel like? What am I really feeling right now? How much have I been simply running on willpower rather than running and being sustained by the energy of what I'm doing? Because if I'm choosing to do things where energy does not exist, that energy has to come from somewhere else. The energy has to come from us, has to come from will, has to be self-generated. But of course, this is very finite. If we've ever experienced burnout, it's my belief that's where this comes from, from us choosing to do things in conflict with where the energy of those choices really are. Choosing to do things where we're the ones supplying the energy. And then when that gets depleted and exhausted, ending up in burnout. And so if we look at our lives, or even more simply, if we look at our day, and we just start to ask ourselves, where's the energy today? Of course, there's things we need to get done. Of course, we all have responsibilities. Of course, we don't want to be negligent. We don't want to be irresponsible. We don't want to create harm. But we do want to listen to ourselves. We do want to listen to and learn to trust our feelings. 
we do want to learn to integrate feeling as a greater part of our life, a greater part of our decision-making process, especially if we've been dominated by our thinking, especially if we've elevated our thinking above all else. This is how we can reestablish balance. This is how we can reestablish a sense of order, a sense of calm, a sense of peace. By being whole. By living holy. Because if we're stuck in our minds, we will be subject to all of the ideas and the beliefs that we currently have. And if we want to create some sort of change in our life, That change involves new ideas, new beliefs. And simply put, we have to let new things in. We can't simply wall off our current ideas and beliefs and expect any sort of change to happen. If we allow our feeling in, if we allow our feeling to have more of a say, if we allow our feelings to be felt, we can create all new thoughts all new ideas, all new beliefs, by experiencing life, by going through life, by doing things with and through our feelings and with and through our thinking. We can create change in our life by moving toward, by choosing things based on where the energy is. We may find that even though it may seem like We should do this thing first and that thing third. If instead we do the third thing first, well, maybe we'll learn something new. Maybe we'll have a different experience. Maybe we'll accomplish it far faster and far more easily than we thought possible. Maybe because we did the third thing first, we'll realize we didn't actually even need to do the first thing. We don't even need to do it yet. Again, it's a highly nuanced and sometimes complicated thing. But the simple truth is, no matter how aware and informed we are, we don't know everything. No matter how much we believe in repetition and routine, there's always the opportunity for something different. There's always the opportunity for change. There's always the opportunity for modification, and thus a different outcome, different results. And if we've found ourselves to be over-reliant on our thinking, if we find ourselves to be overly stuck in ruts, overly stuck in routine, really wanting change but having no quote-unquote idea of what that is or what to do, this is the perfect time to tap into our feelings. This is our perfect time to listen and ask ourselves, where is the energy now? What do I quote-unquote feel like doing now? And if this upsets the order that our minds have created, well, if it's not really going to create any harm or damage, why not try? Why not see? Why not run an experiment? Try something different. See what happens. If you would normally do A, try B. If you would normally do such and such on Monday and such and such on Thursday, what happens if you flip those around? If the energy's there. See what happens. See what happens when you live more of your life based on where the flow of energy is going rather than ignoring or resisting the flow of energy to satisfy some sort of logical order or belief or expectation. 
See what happens when you actually try something new. See what happens when you learn something new. See what happens when you experience something new. And then move forward from there. Doesn't mean things will necessarily be better. Maybe what will happen will confirm the order you had to begin with. But at least that's informed by reality. At least that's far more real than merely an untested idea. But the only way to know is to try. And if we find ourselves stuck, if we find ourselves burned out, if we find ourselves mired in routine or the mundane or whatever it is, we can always listen to our feelings. We can always develop a relationship with our feelings. We can always trust our feelings. And if this is what has been missing, this can be what finally opens that door to change. This can be finally what makes that change possible. Because now we're actually living with our full selves. Now we can actually live our full life because we're actually listening to our feelings while also thinking we can live a full life because we're actually living and experiencing life with our full selves. I hope you enjoyed this episode. All episodes are given freely. If you feel inspired to give, please visit theunionpath.com forward slash donate. If you have a question, you can contact me at theunionpath at gmail.com. Take care and all the best.